I would just like to quickly draw your attention to Job chapter 8 and verse 13. Job chapter 8 and verse 13. So are the paths of all that forget God, and the hypocrites' hope shall perish, whose hope shall be cut off, and whose trust shall be a spider's web. He shall lean upon his house, but it shall not stand. He shall hold it fast, but it shall not endure. And in this same book, chapter 27 and verse 8, Job chapter 27 and verse 8, for what is the hope of the hypocrite, though he hath gained when God taketh away his soul? For just one moment, I would like to talk to you about the hope of a hypocrite. And you may be seated. In this passage, um, Job is consistently and constantly having to fight against the false accusation of his friends that he is a hypocrite. They accuse him of hypocrisy all while he's just clinging to his integrity. You know, the, the hope of the hypocrite and its trust is described in chapter 8 as a spider web. I do that every time I think of a spider or a spider's web. It's called the heebie-jeebies, or at least that's what we call it in North Carolina anyway. But I'm not about spiders. I don't like them. Get the behind me type thing. And I walk into the store now because it's tis the season, October. And I walk right past the aisle that's skeletons and spiders. And I head to the Christmas trees. Hallelujah. Walking in a winter wonderland. But y'all can keep those huge fake spiders. I saw them the other day. But I was so intrigued when I read that. It's a powerful comparison. The hypocrite, the pretender, the impersonator, the unbeliever is compared to a spider's web. What we find is that the spider creates of its own sufficiency, its own ability. It literally leans upon its own creation. He leans upon his own provision to provide substance and food and shelter that lacks a foundation. Our text tells us that he shall lean upon his house, but it shall not stand. He shall hold it fast, but it shall not endure. Now, hear my heart. I'm not calling anybody a hypocrite, <laughs> but there's a hope in this passage, passage. It speaks of the hope of the hypocrite. It teaches us that, you know, relying on ourselves alone, we won't endure. There's a danger in self-sufficiency, and that's what the enemy wants to teach us. But I tell you what, there is a hope in this passage, and it's a comparison of the hope. And I think you know what I'm about to say. Us as apostolics, I'm so thankful for the hope that we have. I'm so thankful that my hope is not blown away with one gust of wind. My hope is not blown away, but it's an anchor in the storm. You know, we see the darkness and the sin in the world. Sometimes I become overwhelmed with it, but I hold on to that hope that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. It's not blown away with every wind of doctrine, but it's a solid rock. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Oh, come on, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. I'm so thankful for this hope that has kept me. In Jesus' name. Our scripture tells us of the hope of the hypocrite that will perish. But that's not what's on my heart today. It is that there is a hope for the hypocrite. And not just that term, but for the unbeliever, for the wayward son, for the prodigal, for the discouraged, for the weary, for the lost, and for the broken, for the discouraged saint, there is hope. The Lord, he does not want us to be blown away in the storm. He doesn't want us to have a hope with no foundation. Just as the father of the prodigal 
ran with compassion, the Lord will run to us. The Lord will come to you. It's a song I've been singing all week. When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. He came to me with hope. He came to me with strength. Oh, just like the father of the prodigal, they took the best robe and put it around him. The Lord wants the best for you. He wants the best for his people. He wants the best for the prodigal. He's not slack concerning his promise. He would that all should come to repentance, that no one should perish. I stand here today and my heart cries, there's no one that is too far that they cannot have this hope. Don't stop praying for the prodigals. They, there's restoration, there is healing, there's a hope. He can heal the brokenhearted. He can restore. He can take fear and anxiety and replace it with peace. I conclude with a passage in Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 21. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. My hope is in him. I have an overwhelming burden to speak of hope. There is hope for your lost loved one, your son, your daughter, your mother, your father. There is freedom from sin. There's redemption. There's hope for the faithful saint in a storm, maybe of discouragement. He will not leave you comfortless. He will come to you with strength and renewal. I come to preach that there is hope for the souls of Indianapolis. When the storm is raging on, we have a hope that we can stand firmly on. And it is the rock. We have a hope. Thank you, Calvary.